Hello everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Batch Shit Crazy, a Bachelor podcast and Bachelorette podcast. My name is Spencer Pierce, I'm here with my co-host. You want to introduce yourself? Hi everyone, I'm Kenley Merritt. I'm the co-host of Bat Shit Crazy, and we're really excited to get started talking about one of our favorite shows. So, uh, do you wanna do you wanna talk a little bit about, you know, who you are as a person, your hobbies, yeah. how you got into the Bachelor uh, fandom, Bachelor Nation? Totally. You know a little bit about yourself. Yeah, for sure. So, I'm Kenley Merritt. I'm 20 years old. Um, I started watching The Bachelorette, or The Bachelor, a few years ago. Um, In high school, my friends tried to get me into the show, and I I watched one episode of Bachelor in Paradise, and I do have a theory about that show and how you you can't just start with Bachelor in Paradise, and I don't think that's why. I think that's why it didn't stick. Um, But I watched one episode of Bachelor in Paradise, and I enjoyed it, but I never really stuck around with the franchise. Until one day, uh, maybe months later, I walked down to my younger sister, Preston, watching uh, Ben Higgins' season of The Bachelor on Amazon Prime, and I just just got stuck on it. So I've been watching it ever since. I watched Ben Higgins' season with my sister, and then I watched... Coincidentally, it lined right up with when Colton Underwood um, was The Bachelor and his season was airing, so we kind of moved right along into that. And then we got so obsessed that we couldn't wait, you know, Monday to Monday. And we started watching Nick Viall's season, which was also available on Amazon Prime, not sponsored. Um, and we started watching it. Unless. <laughs> and then we started watching it in between every episode with Colton. And it was awesome. And I've been watching it live ever since. Um, but... Yeah, it's been super fun. I I love the show, and I'm super interested in it. But Spencer here had a little bit of a different experience, so I did. Um, I I guess one one thing that we should have pointed out by now is that yes, we are two lovebirds. Yeah. Been together for a little bit of time at this point. Um, odds are, if you're listening to this, you already know all of this information. Um, but about me and my bachelor journey. Um, first shameless plug, you can find me on the Across the Diamond podcast, you know, for all those niche Bachelor and baseball fans that are out there. But um, my Bachelor journey uh, began with me, began with Kenley, right? I came over to her house once and, you know, growing up, uh, it's not like... You know, The Bachelor is not really a thing that that teenage boys are into. Um, So I was always always in denial when you tried to show it to me. No, I don't want to watch that. Um, I came over. He refused. It was in the middle of Colton's season, one episode. I think you were watching it back, maybe? Um, So I sat down. Well, I said, I said, I'm watching it. I said, well, fine, I'm just going to watch it. And you don't really Uh, have a choice. Yeah, yeah. So I sat down and everything in my body was trying to pretend that I didn't like it. I liked it. Uh, You know, I kept watching it a little bit with Kenley. But, um, you know, I think I I, I really owe it to Hannah B. Because I was never supposed to... I was never supposed to be here. This wasn't a thing... That I ever liked, you know, Colton season was kind of a fluke. I was like, oh, this is a good show. I'm not, I'm not going to watch this. But I did love Hannah B. So Hannah Brown, for those listening. Yes, yep. We all know the beast. So um, I remember I was actually excited to watch an episode of Colton season. And I looked at Kenley in the face and I said, I think Hannah B is going to win. That literally that that same day that we were watching was the episode where she left um i was a mess 
And I can confirm. And like I said, I wasn't, I had no plans on continuing watching any show. And then they came out and announced that she was the Bachelorette. And here I am advocating for a Bachelor podcast two years later, two yeah. and a half years later. Mm-hmm. I am so involved. He's it's become really, very involved, people. We. I'm getting my friend. I mean, every so we've really stepped up our game. Um, I'm one of four siblings, and uh, we get together every Monday when we can. Be a Spencer and I are both at college, but when we get, um, when we're home and we get together and we watch the show um, every Monday, and in this season's case, it was on Tuesdays. Um, we get together. We have Shirley Temples. We make brownies. It's 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 quite an event, and then. Um, with this season um, of The Bachelorette, um, we actually created a league which is available to do online. Um, they're called like Bachelor Leagues or Bachelorette Leagues. And it's fantasy league and you can make picks every single week. And uh, no surprise here uh, who, you know, was victorious in that um, I did lead the pack the entire season and came out on top and super proud of that uh and yeah so we've had a really good time with um watching the show together and yeah Spencer's become a big part of the experience I appreciate that (laughs) and I feel the same about you but uh yeah that's enough of the introductory introductory uh boring you know who cares about any of this stuff if you're even still here, let's, you know, let's, let's look at the, this definitely odd season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from the start, uh, when they announced that Claire was going to be the bachelorette, some mixed emotions. Totally. Uh, especially after, after the bombshell of Peter Weber's season, which we were both right. super excited for because right. both of our first bachelorette experiences I mean, we both watched Hannah B's season, and that that was the first season of The Bachelor either of us have ever seen, and we both fell in love with Peter, obviously. He was, you know, Mr. Windmill, and uh, we were super psyched for him to be, to be The Bachelor, and then, wow, was that a mess. So, you know, we were pretty excited for The Bachelorette, and then Claire Crawley was announced. Um, as Spencer mentioned, definitely mixed emotions. Yeah, it was... Um... You know, with the the speculation that Hannah B may have been the Bachelorette, um, there there were even things saying that Tasha may have been the Bachelorette to start, which is crazy to think about now. Um, but nonetheless, Claire, oldest Bachelorette in history. Yeah, which and I that's think... why she doesn't settle for men like that. Yeah. Um, no, I think I think choosing Claire was. Um... In a lot of ways, a good decision. They, The franchise got a lot of backlash from Peter's season with the cast just being super, super young. A lot of the girls were 21, 22, 23. And so I think the audience was craving something more um, mature. And especially with The Bachelorette, oftentimes we find them to be stronger leads and be more decisive. And so I think that the audience was just really sick of, um, you know, younger girls, um, you know, in the spotlight yeah. and just that kind of creating chaos and the lack of maturity there. So I think in a lot of ways, Claire was a good pick. Um, She's super familiar to the franchise, um, but it was definitely, I think, a disappointment for a lot of people, especially considering we had some awesome girls um, or ladies from from Colton Underwood season, including Taysha. So people were pretty bummed um, originally. I I know I personally really wanted it to be um, Taysha from the start. So that was really um, an interesting segue. But yeah, Claire was our bachelorette for just about five minutes. <laughs> and um, that was generous. Yeah, I don't generous. Know if I would that, call it five minutes. Yeah, with just, yeah, within a few seconds of her meeting, you know, Dale Moss, her now fiance, there was that immediate connection. And she even said, you know, I think I just found my husband, which was pretty crazy. Which at that point, like, the you know, they were, the rumors were spreading. Could have saved us. Could have saved us, like, the 10-week, totally. you know, the entire show. Just wrap it up there. Right. I mean, their rumors were spreading that she had left the show early. I think we were kind of all under that impression already. But to see it happen 
you know, in, in real time was pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, they had that immediate connection. And then we didn't really get to meet, you know, or get to know a lot of the other guys, just considering it was the Dale show for right. however many episodes she lasted. Um, but we did get to meet one specific individual that caused quite a stir on the show. Yosef, uh, if you're listening, you can log off. Um, Yosef, probably not listening. Yeah, but probably that's not okay. listening. But, but if, if you, you are, are, we don't want you here. If, How yeah, about if that? you are, uh, please exit. Um, but yeah, Yosef really sucked. Um, he was super rude to Claire, and it was just a classic, um, classic example of toxic masculinity. Um, and you know, who was it was really ugly and he was so rude to her and just called her classless and wouldn't really let her get a word out and uh you know it was pretty bad and even uh even chris harrison himself at the men tell all mentioned that all right buddy maybe that was a little uh little far in chris harrison's however many seasons of the bachelor bachelorette franchise he said he'd never really seen anything like that so for chris to say that was a pretty big deal but uh yeah, Yosef was just being uh, really, really rude and toxic, and he saw himself out after that encounter. Right. Well, the it, if you're listening, it probably means that you know, you know what the instance is that we're talking about. It was after the strip dodgeball date, um, which Yosef wasn't even on actually. Yep. Uh, but when the other men came back with you know, barely anything on. Um, he decided to strike up a conversation um, and, you know, really just made an asshole out of himself. Uh, and you know something, too? What's funny is that I remember going on Twitter and, like, going on his account after the, after the uh, you know, episode was over. And fun fact, everyone who's listening, Yosef does... Uh, do underwear modeling. So for him to go around saying, you know, it's so classless for everyone to walk around like they're half naked and all this stuff. I don't want my daughter to see this. I'm ashamed to be associated with you. You know, things along those lines. You know, this man's is an underwear model. So if you have a problem with that, then I don't know why you had to go out there and, and, and be so rude. Well, well, that's what I want to kind of touch on. Um, because it was the first thought that I had when the whole thing happened was that he kept talking about, you know, his daughter and the example that he was setting, or, or sorry, Claire was, was setting, you know, by having all these men stripped down and the whole, the whole debacle. But it, to me, it was a worse, you know, example set for his daughter that he acted like that Absolutely. than it was for Claire to, you know, if, if she was like, everyone has to get naked, like then it's a different story. And Yosef obviously saw it as that, but the example that he set for how he was treating a woman was miles worse in my opinion, at least than anything that Claire could have done. Yeah, totally. And I and going back to I mentioned about Chris Harrison said at the Mentel All, like, you know, Chris said, What if somebody spoke to your daughter the right. way that you spoke to Claire? And this asshole was like, Yeah, you know, I would want someone to straighten out my daughter yeah, like that and like, tell no. her what's right. So you know what? Once oh. again, two words for you people, toxic masculinity. And so glad this dickhead is gone. All right. Well, moving on <laughs> to the the lovelier men and and moments of the season. Um, Shout out to the producers of this uh, show; they really stepped it up with this uh, this cast. They we had awesome guys this season, and very refreshing after the cast that we got with Peter Weber's season. Um, they really knocked it out of the park with this one, um, but they didn't get a lot of time with Bachelorette number one. Right. Well. Okay, so Claire and Dale, um, it was obvious from the start that things were just going to go their way. Um, it, it was almost as if Bachelor Nation was sick of them by the time that they were engaged. 
I don't know if totally. you felt that same way. Yeah. But, uh, you because know, of the rumors. It, like, it was Twitter and Instagram and no one, it seemed like no one really cared or like no yeah. one was happy about it. Yeah. Which was sad, but at the same time, it was kind of funny. Well, in combination with the fact that people also weren't excited for Claire to begin with. Right. And it was, uh, right. To that point, it was like, let's get her out of here as quick as we can. Yeah, totally. Um, Tasha was like on the ready. Yeah. No, she wasn't. So, no. <laughs> so... Claire and Dale, you know, they, they did the deed, they left, engaged. Well, how crazy was that, though, when Chris Harrison was like, all right, well, in an hour, yeah, you're going to have to propose, so what do you think? It and just he didn't was just seem... Like, it was like he had no choice, really. Right, right. It didn't seem organic, Mm-mm. but... Also, though, we are viewers. Right, we are, right. I, I have to remember that we are viewers of the show. We aren't living the experience. These are real people, real emotions. So I try not to judge. But, yeah, I mean, they, that was they pretty put wild. Him, they put him in a position of success only, though. Yeah. Because when Yosef went off on his tantrum and left, who was there... To go see Claire. Who's back to the producer's tap? You know, that's like you need to go over to, you know, the fountain. It's not a free for all like we think it is. Totally. Everyone has a certain direction to go. Totally. So, Clarendale, not to, you know, sweep this under the rug, but they leave. Fun while it lasted. Yeah, totally. Hit the road. But then we're left with these fabulous men. Right. So, Tasha comes. Out of that limo, can I just say? I when they teased that clip of somebody stepping out of the wind out of the limo, like and also me knowing that it was definitely Taisha, it was just it was incredible. It was it was exhilarating. It was the light at the end of the tunnel with the whole Clarendale show. Um, but yeah, when she stepped out of that limo, she looked stunning in that dress. She's a stunning woman. And we um we were all super excited to see her and she was Tasha did not get, unfortunately, she didn't get, you know, the classic, you know, beginning. Obviously, this is super new. And I feel like it just sucks, too, because, like, the limo walk-ups are, like, one of the, you know, most fun parts of the show. It's, like, one of the most, you know, I don't know, it's, for me, it's one of my favorite parts of the whole season. I mean, get to meet them and see what they're doing at the limo walk-ups, whatever. And Tasha didn't get all of that, um, although she did have four... They did add four guys for the start of the season, uh, you know, with the guys that came uh, in the limo, and they had their own little limo walk-ups, but they weren't extravagant. They were, I think they literally just, like, walked up. Like, I don't even... Yeah, no, there was nothing. Clearly, I can't even remember them. Right. So, all I can remember is to, that Tasha said, you know, Noah's trouble as soon as he... Uh, yeah. yeah. To, to backtrack just a little bit, uh, Tasha comes... You know, they give her the whole, hi, I'm here, you know, let's talk. But something that comes to the surface almost immediately is her fear of the men that are still there having a connection with Claire that they they can't shake. But what she doesn't know is that almost no guy there other than Jason, Jason and Blake. Right. Blake is like an exceptional case. But um No, I think that he had well, yeah, whatever. But like they didn't like they didn't, but he was so all in. Right. So Tasha doesn't know that these guys got almost no time with Claire because every second I don't remember I think she went on one date and sent him home early. Because it was the guy that she tried to kiss. Yeah, and then was... he didn't do anything and she goes, Why'd you back away? He did back away. Roll the cl- slow mo replay. <laughs> roll the clip. No, he did. It was it was very strange. I don't think that it was meant in an aggressive way. For those of you guys who are listening, um, you probably can remember the one date that uh, that Claire did go on with somebody that wasn't Dale. Um, she went on like a spa date, and then there was like a mishap with. No, this but she guy. went on a date with Jason. They threw the rocks. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. But um, but there was this little mishap in the date. Um, I don't think that he was trying to be aggressive or being forceful on her. But I think just, like, the miscommunication and, like, the they had a little, little like, mishap trip um, where, like, she went in for the kiss and he didn't. And then he, like, 
went tried to go in after and then I think afterwards was when it was kind of fishy where he was trying to like kind of pull her back in when it just like didn't really look good and it was just kind of a mess um but yeah I think that um yeah Tasha definitely was worried that people had strong connections with uh Claire when that really just wasn't the case and I think the producers did try to like kind of fluff that up a little bit just for the show but I think in reality like really nobody had a strong connection with her even the guys that thought they did right because there was I think it was a group date or maybe it was just her talking to someone and she said like where's Dale I miss Dale how's Dale and and every Every conversation she had right every conversation she would have with someone else it was, oh, it was after... Um, the roast date. Right. She was asking every single person that was there, is it, like, is there something, like, with Dale? Is there something that guys don't like? And obviously, it was just that he was... I don't was, even think she was worried. I don't even think it was like, oh, is Dale doing something wrong in the house? It was like, why are people talking about Dale? Well, like, yeah, but, yeah. Because so, a lot of times when that happens with bachelorettes, it's like, hey, can you tell me about what this person is doing in the house so I know right, that they're yeah. not being fake to me? Yeah. It was like... She was like, I know how Dale is. Why are you guys saying these things about him? Not right. like, I'm worried about the, about if Dale is being real to me. It was just like more of... Well, that that roast session was almost... Well, not almost. It, I think it definitely was more polarizing for all the other men and Claire. Because I think that she saw how much they were making fun of Dale. And that kind of almost like encouraged her to want to spend more time with him because it i mean at at the end of the day they were all jealous that he was spending the most time with her yeah i agree um and and you know they're on the show to i think they were also just like they were jealous but i think they were also just like pissed off i think they were like all right like i mean if you really think about it these men and you know women and contestants on the show they pack up their entire lives. They take off of work. They, you know, they buy clothes. They do all these things for the show. They really put their lives on hold to do this experience and to potentially find love. And, you know, to get there and, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, shame Claire or Dale at all. I mean, clearly their connection is really strong. And I don't think that she would have done it purposefully. Um, but it does suck on their end. Like, they were probably just, like, pissed off. And I think a lot of them were like, are, you, like, are we leaving? Like, what is going on? Like, you know what I mean? Um, but I think most of that was, like, also just, like, frustration from the guys. Um, but, yeah, I think that, yeah, I think that that was definitely how they were feeling. I would have felt that way if I was on the show. It's just frustrating. It was always about Dale. Yeah. And it, and it was frustrating to watch. Yeah, it was frustrating to watch. I mean, however many weeks it was on TV with the two of them, probably four or five, I would, eh, maybe not even. No, it was, I think it was like three episodes. Something like that, but every week was the exact same thing. And it was just, it was just bad to watch. It was like almost, even though it was so quick, it almost felt like it was dragging on because I think people knew about the rumors. Yeah, Like, all right, can we just like get this over with? Because I know Tasha's coming, so can we just hurry this up? They also tried to make drama out of it because I remember... When the promo was coming out for the the week where he proposed to her, they tried to put the clips together where where Chris was like, "Are you ready to do this?" And Dale like takes a deep breath and like everyone knows that it was gonna happen. So, you know, this isn't the Claire and Dale show. I'm a little bit tired of talking about them. Yeah, honestly. I, I just as I was tired of watching them. So Tasha comes. We briefly Has that mentioned. Concern, you know has the concern the the four guys come in uh that immediately pits the four new guys against everyone else that was there at that point noah spencer montel and i can't remember i don't i think his name was peter yeah i think it was like i couldn't even tell you i think he lasted like one episode but uh no that was pretty crazy and i think that um not to move too quickly but um spencer was the first out of the limo on that night so Tasha had met she walked into a room of all of claire's remaining men who decided to stay on the show chris did give them the option to 
you know, go home. But I think, I'm pretty sure I think each of them stayed. Yeah. Um, no, no one went home that yeah, first night. Yeah, totally. And then... I don't um, even think there was a rose ceremony that first night. I think she said it's no, too I, early to... Yeah. I think she was like, I just want to get to know all of you guys. Yeah. Which, again, just speaks to how, like, unconventional her season was. Literally, the Bachelorette walked in on all the guys instead of the, ba- the, uh, the bachelors and the contestants walking, you know, towards, you know, the Bachelorette in the limo. Um in the limo scenes. But, um, but yeah, so she comes in, um, she gets this great, great group of guys. And then, you know, it's not complete without some limo walk up. So we have Spencer and then I think then Noah, Peter and uh, Montel. Um, I, I honestly think later. I don't think Montel spoke the entire season. I don't, I I, I actually don't remember him opening his mouth. Justice for Montel. He was really just, you know, Montel for bachelor. Honestly. Yeah. He was, he was awesome. Didn't really get to know him, but maybe we'll see him on the beach. Um, there is no chance you is. ever hear you never anything know. from Montel ever again. Unless. Sheesh. Sheesh. Oh, but um, so basically, um, you know, they have to have the limo walk-ins. And uh, the first impression rose later that night was given to Spencer, um, who was one of the new... Um, additions to the show and honestly I think the reason why she gave him that first impression rose was literally just because of the excitement of the limo walk walk in and um I think that it was just like I don't know I think that it was just like an exciting moment and I think that she probably gave him the first impression rose for that reason because there is a track record you know typically with the bachelorettes their first impression rose goes to somebody who either wins or makes it very 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 far <laughs> um in the show and you know my boy spencer did not that was not quite his yeah journey. he's the outlier i guess yeah so i, I think well, that it was the... just i honestly think that it was just oh. the initial excitement that gave him the first impression rose and he was like lucky that he came out of the, the limo first yeah i was just gonna say who got the first impression rose this season and then i remembered you know. Dale. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any whom. We, uh, so like I was talking about, the four, the four newbies come in and not even to their own fault, but they have targets on their backs because totally. everyone in the house thought that they were, you know, that was it. And everyone, at another, that point. It another curveball. Right. You know? And at that point, everyone seemed relatively close to each other yeah i would say because i mean if you know the bachelor you know that the contestants become very very close and there's usually a group chat made after the show i mean the whole thing because you're living together and especially with this specific season there was no traveling so they were literally in the house the entire season and they were just constantly with each other um so the guys become really close and then these two these you know these new four come in and they're kind of immediately pitted against them um, specifically though, um, one stands out, Noah, I don't even know his last name, Noah, um, immediately when Tasha met him, knew he was going to be trouble, but he definitely did have a target on his back. I think he was the youngest in the house. I think he was like 25. Something like that. He was definitely young. He's from Oklahoma. Um, you know, seemed like is a nice that, guy. Is that the deal breaker? Everyone was like, Curse you, Noah. You're from Oklahoma. No, I don't think so. I just think I'm just trying to like give them more information. But he was uh he was um definitely targeted from the start. Um but he was both targeted and I also think he threw himself into the fire. Um with that, um he I think he made like a snide comment like as soon as he came into the house or something like that. Like, it was that on top of the wrestling date where he jumped they the said fence. who wants to come um it was ed shout out my boy ed oh my god it was ed and chasen were supposed to fight and then ed at the last second was like hey my shoulder hurts something like that I don't, was it ed yeah it was it was ed and chasen they were the last ones because they were beefing the whole time then Ed goes up to Chris and he's like, can I uh, pull you aside for a second? And he's yeah. like, oh, I have like arthritis or something. Yeah, yeah. So then uh, I don't remember who like the host of that date was, if that makes sense. So like the Chris. celebrity. No, there was a celebrity, no? Like, I think there was like somebody. So, like a Chris W. Right no, there was, oh, a, there was the wrestling. It was Wells. It was no, Wells. No, but, but there was like a wrestling professional or something. I don't something. know. But uh, Wells anywho. was like doing commentary with Chris, which was iconic. Yeah, so... Uh, then Noah jumps 
the fence. They're like, who wants to come in Colton and take style. Ed's place? Yeah. Um, and Noah jumps the fence. Got heated because... The guys know, were pissed. Chasen and Ed quickly turn into everyone that was in the house against the four new people, if that makes Specifically sense. Specifically Noah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, Noah represents the four new people. Yeah. And Chasen was representative of everyone, you know, except maybe Ed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they called are that... Are you talking about the... Re- like The wrestling. The, yeah, like, are you saying, like, everyone in well, the house... Well, everyone that was in the house wanted Chasen to win. It was, like, symbolic of that? Was well, everyone fight- in the house wanted Chasen to win because they knew him and they were friendly with him. Okay, so you're talking and about everyone, like, the symbolism no one, of the fight. Well... No one liked Noah at that point. No, I know. So everyone was like, beat the shit out of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then the four new guys had, well, you know, Montel. And, I don't even think he had made Peter. it to the, Yeah, I don't even think... No, they brought they brought them. That's how Noah got oh, oh, in, yeah, onto yeah, that yeah, date, yeah, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. because they couldn't even have an audience. They had to bring the guys to, like, the yeah. dates to be the audience because they didn't have Same any... Same thing with the roast. They yeah. brought audience... Or, yeah. Or not audience runner. So, yeah. So, Noah jumps the fence. It's Chasen v. Noah, correct? Yes. And then, uh, and then Taisha, I think, I think Chasen won the fight. No, but I, I think, think they, they tied. Because uh, it was bad. And then someone started bleeding. I don't know. It was, yeah. a, it was a mess. It was a lot. Fast- it was Ben. Ben who started bleeding. Yeah. Um. Fast forward a little bit. We get to, um, at, at this point it was probably like a, Two weeks worth of kind of a back and forth between Noah and everyone. And it seemed like most of the time, the person that would speak for the people that were in the house was Bennett. Bennett. Riley also... Riley and Easy were probably... They were pretty outspoken about it. Two and three about, like, speaking up. Yeah. But I think Bennett was definitely... Or at least what we saw was that Bennett was... Very outspoken. The most... Right, the most talkative, um, and and really represented what the group was thinking. I think. I think because he what even he was called thinking, out, and I th- I think that he was talking about himself and his experiences because I think a lot of the guys, especially which was then, you know, revealed to the men tell all that, you know, a lot of the guys were like all right Bennett, like I get it, but like, I don't know, I don't know if he was speaking for everyone, but I I think that he was super outspoken, and then that kind of with you know, combination of the fact that he has the reputation for being like a Harvard D-bag and he was kind of pompous and talked about money and houses and all that stuff. Um, he kind of got a bad rep towards the end of the season, even though people were pretty obsessed with him in the start because right. he was like very bougie and whatever. Um, but he was outspoken and, um, you know, that persona of, you know, the mature Harvard, you know, educated, wealthy, blah, blah, blah turn into that versus the youngest man in the house, um, Noah. And they just kind of went head to head. I mean, I think Bennett was honestly in a lot of ways an instigator. I think that he just made a lot of like rude snide comments towards Noah. And I think that he kind of was like stirring the pot. Yeah. and that, But then he didn't seem to have a problem with it because when it was brought up um, with the eventual two-on-one date, Um, he said that if he was aware that something was happening, he would have been a man and and talked to Noah about it on the side rather than get it mixed up in, in the entire, um, you know, in their relationships. Yeah. Which I think is complete BS. Mm-hmm. I think he knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah, the fact that he was like, I even though know, he can't I didn't spell know limousine. Was... Yeah, he's... I think that was such bullshit when he was like, "Oh yeah, I didn't really know there was tension between right. between Noah and I." Of course you did. You're making rude comments towards him. Don't don't get me wrong. Love you, Bennett. If you're out there listening, like had a great time watching you this season. Really enjoyed, you know, uh, having you on the show. Hoping to see you on the beach. Um, but. I do think that in a lot of situations, I was kind of like questioning, like, okay, is that really true? How did you not know there was tension between you and Noah when you were making comments at him? And quite frankly, he was making comments at you and you guys were talking about each other. Um, And then, yeah, as Spencer mentioned, it did lead to that two-on-one. That didn't really go well for either of them. I think it just... It was just... it was. You know, it just seems like there... You touched on it before a little bit about... 
um, the the men of this season being a little bit older, mm-hmm. um, because Claire was a little bit older, but then... And so was Tasha. She was 29. Yeah, yeah. That's not old, but it's... I mean, Claire's not old. She was 30-something. Yeah, but, but to that degree, like, you're getting mid mid 30 men and there was proven a lot less drama than this season yeah hannah b season with a lot of younger guys luke peter you know garrett yeah shout out to garrett shout out garrett um miss you buddy but uh yeah i do i i it just seemed like the whole bennett and noah thing was it, it almost seems like the producers were itching for drama and yeah. they kind of just threw it at Tasha and said you need to do this yeah and because I think, think think what other drama could have been showcased this season without that well, take that out of the equation well, exactly. what did they show I 100% it was literally just the Yosef and thing Ed with Claire and Jason, Ed and Jason that was like worth one episode like right. it was I and I I totally agree and just kind of like as you know testament to the entire season I think that that mention of like older cast members older you know lead um it did create you know a less dramatic environment in terms of like stupid shit that usually happens on the show like a lot of the times with the bachelor we'll see very like petty behavior between the women and and especially with peter season as i mentioned the women were super young um and so yeah i think that's kind of just a testament to the entire season i was talking about it with one of my good friends from school and you know, uh, she loved this season, but she was talking about how, you know, she's trying to get into other seasons and whatever and blah, blah, blah. And I was saying to her, you know, you know, this is your first baby. <laughs> this season is your first baby. It will always be super special to you. I loved Colton's season. It was the first like live bachelor season that I ever watched that will always be a super special season in my heart. Um, but if you're looking at like Colton's season and Hannah B season, the petty, stupid drama that, like, fuels this show was, like, astronomical. It was it was crazy. I mean, Colton season mm-hmm. was so dramatic with him jumping the fence and the fights between the girls mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And then Hannah B season was crazy with, you know, Luke P and the misogyny and just the fights in the house and like the Luke P. Garrett thing. Which actually is like, surprising because you'd think that these guys would have been so cooped up and sick of each other. Totally. But again, it's a testament to the maturity and testament to the casting of this season. And I, I was talking about it with her. I said, this season in terms of like dramatic um, effect and like petty drama, there wasn't a lot of that this season. Right. There was not. But it wasn't a boring season. Oh, not at all. I really enjoyed I think, honestly, they did a good job of producing this season. Obviously, they always do. They're great producers on this show. But I also just think that, God, it was so refreshing to have such a great lead, especially, you know, again, I'm not trying to be a hater, but like Peter. Ugh. Ugh. Like... That it's was, I was, dude, I was rooting unless. for you. <laughs> no, if him and Kelly ever wanted to come on here, like, that'd be amazing. But, I mean, don't get me wrong, I think, you know, the casting producers for the show, the casting directors are awesome, but the last season of The Bachelor was really difficult, just because I don't know if Peter was really the best lead with Taisha. We saw her being so decisive so clear-minded yeah, yeah um you know obviously she had her struggles and it's a very dramatic emotional environment but she was awesome she handled every situation really well even that two-on-one we were just talking about you know a lot of times with the two-on-one it's like one person gets the rose and then the other person gets to stay and it's happy and it's whatever but Tasha was real with these guys and they because she came back after Bennett left, or she... She sent home Bennett. Sent home Bennett. And she looked at him and he said, and I'm not giving you this rose. Yes, because, because Noah was smiling and she said, this isn't... Wipe that know, smile off your face. You're not off the hook now. Yeah, but that's... And I, I just... I, I loved know. that. No. Well, that, yeah, but I didn't... I, I don't think I liked the whole two-on-one because mm-hmm. we know Bennett ends up coming back. Yeah, and then she gets rid of both of them at the same time. Yeah, it was... So, why play this whole cat and mouse game where Bennett goes, Noah... They didn't even show, by the way, Noah after the two-on-one. 
Can you yeah. remember a time where he was relevant on any date, scene, yeah. house, anything? Yeah, totally. It was like he left with Bennett. Yeah, basically. And so Bennett they... was... N- Bennett, like was noah if that makes sense the two of them coexisted but without one the other one couldn't well exactly and i think that that was it just kind of what you were talking about like with the producers like it just kind of goes to show that that was like purely for tv drama i mean the guys didn't last a chance on the show with taisha and then to like as you mentioned like bennett came back and then bennett came back for like an hour and then yeah. left the next rose ceremony with Noah who also was eliminated. So it was just like, what was that all for? What was that stupid? And not for nothing, but the same thing happened with Ch- Chasen. Like it was like all this drama, all this drama. And then Chasen was gone. Wh- whoever. Kept my boy Ed. Yeah. yeah. I was just going to say like, whoever thought like Ed would last this long. Like it certainly wasn't me. So that was really crazy. Um, but yeah, shout out to Ed. Ed stands. <laughs> Ed stand up. Ed Stan, my brother and Spencer are huge Ed Stans, but I, I can't quite get on that train with them. Um, but yeah, I think it was overall dramatically um, in terms of like petty drama. I don't think there was a ton of that this season, but I still really enjoyed it. I think it was wonderfully produced. Taisha was an amazing lead. Um, it was refreshing as a viewer to get such a decisive um just and I think what was so great about Taisha was that she was so open-minded about the whole experience and I think that she was super positive and just you know um took everything for what it was and I I really enjoyed it and it was refreshing as a viewer um and yeah I thought in my personal opinion it was a super super strong season of The Bachelorette it's only the second one I've seen really but I've done my research and I I think that Taisha was a really awesome Bachelorette and she certainly certainly saved this season for yeah. what it what it could have been i agree so uh you know just to kind of go through the end of the season wrap it up um so bennett bennett and noah saga ends feeny yeah finally and even bennett you know i i mentioned it before but bennett comes back sends him home uh left with six guys Towards the end, she really started to just take matters into her own hands. Yeah. And not to use the word dispose of them, but that's almost, you know. <laughs> she literally, like, it was, yeah, it was. She, took she goes on the date with Blake. She said Ends al- it. <laughs> almost immediately when they sat down, this isn't, this isn't for us. Yeah. Then next victim. Riley. Justice for Riley. He, hopefully we see him on the beach. He was awesome, but yeah, as Spencer mentioned, like took matters into her own hands. And it was quick. Why? Why do? Why do we have to do this thing for two, three weeks and and drag it out and out? No, she said Blake one on one. It was almost premeditated murder. Yeah, which sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, no, but it was. It was. You know, but it was. She was decisive. She was decisive, and, and I think that, I think that it was like good. It was. Just, she just went with her gut and said, look. This isn't, and I also think what I really admired about Tasha going back to you know the breakup with Blake and the breakup with Riley was that she did it privately. I was just going to say that. And she a lot of times with the rose ceremony it can be super awkward, especially when you get down to the final four. You really get like a full goodbye if you're in the final four, and these two weren't. Um, and so I think it was really respectful of her because she did have connections with these guys. You know, Blake question mark. We don't really know if they really yeah, had a connection. Blake. I don't really think they did, but, you know. Come on. Up for, up let's for discussion. <laughs> Come on, bad shit crazy. We'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk. Um, but, um, but yeah, I think that it was, in, in my opinion, really respectful of her and um, really kind to just pull them aside separately um, and have a conversation with them. So it was Blake, then Riley. Riley then Final Four. Final Four. Um, then everyone gets their hometown. Mm-hmm. Obviously very difficult, but she says bye to Ben. Mm-hmm. Ben... Which was very had, shocking to Bachelor Nation. Yeah, ben, ben was a fan favorite. He really opened up this season, and I, I, you know, really... I was a huge Ben fan in the beginning of all this um, and throughout the season, but kind of towards the end, I started to definitely lose interest just because... But if you um, want to come on, we would love to have you. Oh, yeah, 100%. Love you, buddy. Like, if you want to come on here, like, we'd love it. Um... But I think that I, as a viewer, um, just started to lose faith in their connection, um, which 
was clear the same sentiment as uh, Tasha because she sent then sent him home as uh, with the final four, and she was left with Zach, Ivan, and Brendan. Brendan, um, and another another goodbye which, is a before... which was a can't lose situation. Yeah, totally. Everyone men, in their own right was was amazing. Fabulous, totally fabulous. This these these men were awesome. I can't even re- reiterate that enough. And then another goodbye before the rose ceremony, we saw Brendan see himself out um, at the yeah. dinner portion of his final date with, or no, her, his fantasy, fantasy suite. suite. Um, they didn't even get to their fantasy RV, you know. Um, unbelievable. Unbelievable with that. Justice um, for Ivan. Yeah, that was really bad. But um, but yeah, it was, um, it was, Brendan saw himself out before his fantasy suite and he just said, you know, I don't. I don't see myself getting there, which sucks, but I think that if that was how he felt, that was how he felt. Well, I think it's it was so much better that that's how it happened I as agree. opposed to letting Tasha or letting having him propose to Tasha um and then dealing with it afterwards. Right, and even when Tasha showed up to the proposal at the very end, she wasn't even sure if she wanted to go through with the entire thing Mm. so imagine not only 50 percent of the couple not being sure but both parties in the couple not really being sure of what they want to do yeah and it was it was really sad when brendan left because she was i mean she She said she said said, i thought thought that was the one i thought it was going to be him which was probably really hard for uh you know the Mm -hmm. I'm not going to reveal him yet, even though you definitely know who I won. I mean, if you're, yeah. Um, so then we saw, we saw Brendan leave. And then in the, you know, spirit of the show, we had another ghost come back. Ben came back from his room ben in does, La Quinta. Yeah. He stayed on site and he made his way back to El Presidente Suite to see Tasha and confess his love for her. Tasha gives him the, the chance to um, come back to another rose ceremony and um, at that point, she only had three men, which is what you're supposed to... But she got oh, yeah. a date. Everyone got another date. Yeah. So she was able to spend time... It wasn't like cold turkey where he came and she said, I'll see you tomorrow. And he said, okay, and then showed he up. He came the night of the rose ceremony and she was like, what am I supposed to do with this? And she said, you know what? I'm going to give him a chance. Yeah. And he got that chance because at the rose ceremony, there were two roses, three men... And, and uh, we, um, she she hit him with the Ivan. Uh, can we talk? And, Ivan, can we? Uh, oh, oh, we, Ivan. We know it. We knew it was downhill from there. But but it was so much better that she did that. Just like Riley, just like Blake. Um, Could not agree more. I think that was super super classy of her, and I think that because they had a connection, and they did. When you whenever you don't get a rose, especially towards the end, it's usually the it's a big breakup. The shock, then the. I'm going to walk you out, and then they find somewhere to sit, and they're like, why do I don't get it? Yeah. But at least this way, they were able to work it out. It was a very, very mature... Unclear. No, I thought it was... I well, thought it was... Well, unclear, yeah. Yeah. But it was a very mature way for them to part. Yeah. Uh, it really showed their true colors uh, as people. Uh, and, Ivan and... was awesome, though, if you're out there... We love you, and we would love to have a conversation with you. Just so we can get a little bit of closure, because obviously that's super private, but the supposed reason for the breakup between Tasha and Ivan was a religious difference. Um, but I think it was... I mean, yeah, but I also think that they just... What I, I said to you... What I said, what I said to Ivan. you was... Zach and Tasha had the, the kind of lust connection that Peter and Hannah B had mm-hmm. whereas Ivan and Tasha shared more of a an emotional connection kind of like Tyler C almost but they also were kind of were pretty physical yeah but again i think that it was super respectful and it was sad to see Ivan go but then we were left with our final two Ben and and Zach mm-hmm. who you know blew out of the park the entire season but unfortunately we saw Ben fall a little short in the yeah. final final episodes. Um, they both met the family. Both seemed to really like them, the the guys, the family, and um, you know. But um, I think that Tasha at that point really knew where her heart was. Yeah. And it was 
with Zach, um, who I had been rooting for since the start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. I, you know, I, I really was. I loved him as soon as I saw him. I thought that he was really... I thought that he was awesome, and he was uh, definitely a, a favorite of mine since the beginning. And I was really happy to see him and Tasha really connect. And I, um, you know, and then we were, I was certainly sobbing. Treat, well, yeah, I, I wasn't, since I'm such a manly man. Men cry, too. I know, I cry all the time, you know that. <laughs> but, I'm um. have to cut that part out. No, Cheers. no, no, but, um, no, the, uh, the yeah. proposal was beautiful. It was... It was People said it was the best one on the show's history. Yeah, I, I it was pretty. It was a little bit long. It was a little long, and there was a little bit of whispering. Which ain't no problem, but it was a little long. And it was repetitive. Little, yeah, and the whispering. The whispering was definitely odd. It was definitely but odd, and then the, the I, subtitles were needed. <laughs> I absolutely loved the end where they got in the taxi. T- yeah, so the fake cute. taxi, cute. Uh. The rest is history. Now, there was Congratulations no... Congratulations to Zach and Tasha. Yes. We love you. Hope you're doing well. We live in Connecticut, so, um, you know, we're just a little bit away from you guys in New York. So if you want to, you know, get together sometime, come on the podcast, you're more than welcome. Okay, yeah. They definitely have nothing else to be doing. Yeah. Um, They're definitely not busy at all. They definitely want to come on a podcast with three Instagram followers. Totally. Anywho, no after the final rose, but we didn't. Which really was really difficult need, as a viewer. But we didn't really need one. Uh, okay, so we they, I we needed one. With it. We I needed one. With it. But by the looks of the two of them on their Instagram and Twitters, things seem to be peachy, peachy keen. Ke- we both said wow, at the same time, oh my god, we're so cute. Oh, okay. Things were peachy keen, but I think as a viewer, the After the Final Rose is critical. And it's very, it's like everybody was, I mean, you saw me, Spencer was next to me the entire time. I kept refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. I needed to see something from Tasha. I needed to see something from Zach. Zach didn't post until hours later, which I understand, West Coast, whatever. Tasha. Didn't post until... I don't even know if she's posted a photo of them yet. I think she has. I think she did. But I was like dying. I was like, I need closure. I need closure. I need some uh, some update on how they're doing now. And so no, not having an after the final rose was definitely really difficult. And the final, what, four minutes of Tasha's glorious season Ugh. were dedicated to Bachelor promo, which yeah. I found really shocking. But it's out there in the world that um, our new Bachelor... Is Matt James, friend of Tyler yes, C. Here's the thing. I, truthfully, am not that excited. However, I don't know because I just thought of that sentence in my head and it didn't make sense. I was not really that excited for Claire's season. Mm-hmm. But I ended up loving it. But the reason I ended up loving it was because Claire's season, she was on it for like three minutes. Yeah. So that's really not a good sign. I... I... But but I was also spoiled because I liked Peter and I loved Hannah. Yeah. I expressed to you the other day that I wish that they had waited for this season to be over to crown a Bachelor. Mm-hmm. Because well, Ivan, just... Brendan, um, Ben, uh, yeah, Ben, I would have liked to see. Um, I used to see Ben as Bachelor material, now I just see him on the beach. Yeah, but I mean, there, there were so many guys there that every I mean, you know, every time More they go left. into the limo and then you would always say, that's their bachelor interview. Well, it's true. It's true. It's like what you say in the limo if it's like dramatic enough and if it's good promo for. Well, Brendan you as a had bachelor. such a Brendan had such a good one. He's like, I don't know if I'm well, ever going to be able. Well, I think I think Brendan has an awesome setup for being the bachelor. I, I just yeah, don't I, know. I if, would love to see him. I would. But I hope it's not a Peter situation. I know he. Had I could an, totally. Uh, I don't know. I think Peter. Uh, I think Brendan has a little bit more. You know. Morals yeah, I don't and, know. I think that Brennan has the perfect setup right now for being the potential next Bachelor, but that is so far ahead in the future. Like, I can't even... Yeah. 
I, th- I think that's a whole other conversation with who could be the next Bachelor. I want to see Bachelor in Paradise more than I want to see a Bachelor or Bachelorette Well, right kind now. of going back to your comment about not being excited for this season, I am definitely excited for this Matt James season. Um, he's the first... A, he's the first Black Bachelor the franchise has ever seen. And B, he's the first Bachelor, I think, since the beginning that's outside of the franchise that has never been a contestant on the show before. Because usually right, what happens right, is right. that the lead was once a contestant or was once on Paradise or, you know, whatever. Um, the reason why Matt James is involved with the franchise is because his best friend and I think at this point, like, colleague or co-worker... Um, Tyler Cameron. Colleague. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler Cameron was uh, the uh, runner-up of Hannah Brown's season. He became, you know, uh, super famous because of Tyler of- C. Um, oh. Yeah, I think, like, Matt gained a, a large following because of Tyler C. And they both do great work with ABC Food Tours. And so, so Matt James is involved with people in Bachelor Nation, and he was actually supposed to be contestant on this season of The Bachelorette, um, but I, I guess the producers and the casting directors just loved him so much, and they, um, there was, def- there was they certainly... They saved him. How about they, that? They, they saved, saved him. him. They saved him, and, and I think that he was... Um, there was, especially amidst everything that was happening this summer, there was a huge call for more diversity within the franchise, yes. which is a huge issue. Um, which we saw a lot Taisha. of in Tasha's cast... Tasha herself, and also Matt's cast seems to be pretty is, diverse. Yeah, crazy diverse. I think it's like racially diverse, and I also just think that with the women that they chose, um, are because oftentimes the stereotypical woman on The Bachelor is like, you know, tall, super super skinny, blonde, like perfectly put together. Um, just kind of like stereotypical beauty standards. Um, and I think that there are a lot of women this season that um, are kind of outside that. I mean, I mean, this is like a stupid example, but literally in the photo... <laughs> You're like, you know, I think the no, typical they're all, they're, person is, no, they're all beautiful. Is, is very uh, pretty. And I think that they kind of went outside of that this well, no, year. <laughs> I, think, I, think they're all, I think they're all beautiful and I think that they're all, they're all going to be awesome. But I think in just they kind of go back to that comment... Um, in, in that I don't see them as like traditional bachelor women is like, this sounds like so stupid, but I mean, in the first photo of Matt with all his girls, like somebody's wearing a short dress on the first night, like that's not common. And like everybody wears occupation is queen. Yeah. So I think, I, I mean, obviously I don't mean to sound that I don't think they're beautiful. I think all the women are lovely and beautiful. Um, but I just chops. think, I think that a lot of them are just like, I mean, I noticed a lot of them had tattoos. A lot of the women on the show, they don't usually cast them like that have a lot of tattoos on them. I saw a lot of women with tattoos rocking it. Um, and as I mentioned, racially diverse as well. I think there's, um, you know, a lot of, I think that this is a step in the right direction for the franchise. It's like, I see more women, you know, they've they've previewed these women that are going to be on Matt James' season. I've, I'm seeing more women that I would like normally see in like my everyday life. You know, like versus what I usually yeah, see on the show, on the show, which is like these prim, proper, yeah, yeah. like super skinny, blonde, brunette, um, white, not for nothing, white. You know, just like you know, women that are the stereotypical beauty beauty standard. And I think that I'm seeing women that I usually, you know, in the, in the preview of this cast that I would like see in my everyday life, which I think is really really awesome. Um, just in like. You know, their appearance, their clothes. Um, I don't really know any of them yet, so I don't know their personality. But it, in, in terms of that, I think that that's an awesome step that the franchise is taking just to become, I think, more relatable like to, to their audience, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, I'm super excited. Supposedly, this the, the, um, the uh, season was filmed in Pennsylvania in this beautiful mansion because Badger Mansion is... On Airbnb, apparently, um, you can like rent it for like six k night, which is crazy. But um, yeah, it's filmed in Pennsylvania, and I, I, by the looks of the preview, it looks like there will be traveling, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, Pennsylvania is a pretty big state. That's true. So there's plenty of places to go. I don't really know when it was filmed. Oh, actually, I do know when it was filmed. 
Um, I think they started it in October or September. Mm-hmm. Probably the end of September because I don't think October will give them enough time. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there there's really not much that we know coming up. There were no reality Steve spoilers saying that Matt fell in love with a girl the first night and lasted 10 minutes on the show. <laughs> yes, I just subtweeted Claire. Um, Supposedly but- there are 32 women to start, which is more than the usual. They usually have 30 women. And apparently they're starting with 32 and adding more as the show goes on, which is really interesting. This is correct. So that'll be interesting to see. And supposedly, um, one of the additions to the show is somebody that has been on a past season of The Bachelor, which we've seen in the past, but apparently someone that we all know really well. There's a rumor that it's Hannah Ann, who um, actually was the winner of Peter Weber's season, Maddie Pruitt, which is the runner-up, and Heather Martin is another rumor going around. She was on Colton Underwood's season. Uh, She was the Never Been Kissed girl. Um, She's good friends with Hannah Brown, but I think that's kind of it. Um, but yeah, the season is looking good. We're expecting a Tyler Cameron appearance, which will definitely get Bachelor Nation excited because he's certainly a fan favorite. Um, but it's looking good. It's looking dramatic. I'm, I'm, I think overall I'm excited. I just think that I like the Bachelorette a lot more. So it's like less exciting to me. Yeah. That's a good point. Thanks. Yeah, I got you. So we're going to, we're going to. Before we before we end, um, this is a pretty long episode already, but uh, this was this was a joint idea. That what are you look giving me that look for? Joint idea. Well, you gave me an idea, and then I uh, gave a, I amended it slightly. You added a little spice. All right. Anyway, we're gonna be having our own quick little rose ceremony here. At the end of the episode, the end of each episode, obviously, there is no episode this week. So it's a little weird to give out a rose, but we're going to anyway. So you may start. All right, so this week, my rose is going to go out to Tasha. I thought that she was fabulous as a bachelorette. I think that she was uh, super decisive, as I mentioned, open to the experience. Her smile just blew everyone away, and I think that... She uh, did an awesome job, and I'm super, uh, I'm, I'm super excited to watch her love story with Zach, and I congratulate them on their engagement. And my rose goes out to my girl Tasha. Very nice, very nice. You should ask her if she'll accept it. Yeah, Tasha, if you're out there listening. Yeah. I just wanted to Once know. Once again, not doing anything. Will you, uh, will you accept my rose? Wow, very nice. My rose will be going to the re-entering of the men after getting sent home. It happens every season. I can't... It happens every season, maybe to this quantity, because I think there were two this year. Maybe three, two. But I think that the quality of these two were much higher than usual because Bennett came back. He was like, I love you. And Tasha was like, ah, kind of weird, but like, okay. And then Ben came back and that was like a huge one. Like that's a, sometimes people come back and you're like, eh, okay. And then they just go home anyway, which happened to Bennett and Ben. Mm-hmm. Now that I think about it. But I think those carried a lot more weight than the ones we usually see. Mm-hmm. You don't seem to agree with me, I'm not sure. No, I, I think, I think, yeah. You don't have to agree with I me. I think it happened a lot this season. I had a lot of deja vu for sure. So yeah, it's a good rose to give. Thank you. Nice job on, on the producer's end. Yeah. Uh, my runner-up would probably be um, the episode where they sent Ed to Chris Harrison's room instead of Tasha's. Certainly, and that's definitely a conversation for later. Um, Hopefully. Hopefully. Hit us up, Ed. Well, I think that does it for the first episode of Batshit Crazy. Anything you want to end off on? or? No, I think this is super fun. It's my first time ever doing a podcast. Uh, shout out to Spencer and Matt Zumbelow. They have their own Across the Diamond podcast. But Spencer has 
so graciously welcomed me into the podcast world, and I am having a lot of fun, and I'm super excited for uh, future episodes. Yeah, we'll be back uh, next week. We'll figure out our our fixed schedule, and we'll go from there. But for now, uh, at Batch Shit Crazy Podcast on Instagram, more social medias to come potentially, but we're going to get it popping over there. We're going to start reaching out to the men of this season, um, maybe the men and women of past seasons even. Yeah. Get a little insight and how fun. Oh, actually, you probably can. I was going to say the woman of Matt's season, but they probably can't do. Right. So stay tuned until then. But for now, thank you for listening.